You're listening to Spice Radio's The Morning Buzz. This is Mankiran Ajanlab. This is officially the first full week of school starting today. And we're going to be talking about how parents can support their children and having healthy relationships, navigating the issue of bullying and social media. We are now speaking to Dr. Amori Makami, professor in the Department of Psychology at UBC. Dr. Makami, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's nice to be here. Thank you. So school has just started. So what kind of role can parents play in making sure their children are in healthy relationships with their peers? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think the first thing I'd say is for parents to think themselves about what their social goals are for their child for the year. And what would they like their child to accomplish? Are there things that their child um, needs to work on or needs more support with in terms of friendships or social skills or social relationships? Um, to identify those first and then have a conversation with your child about what their social goals are. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've always heard the term helicopter parent, I'm sure you're familiar with that. And so what's the important balanced approach that parents should take, especially let's say your child is in a situation, there's a bit of a conflict, when is the time to, you know, step up and help them? Yeah, um, that's definitely a hard one for parents um, because uh, because it's true. It's like you, I think the thing you want to think about is um, first, What's the child's age and developmental level? Because the amount that you would step up for for a younger child, you know, somebody in preschool or kindergarten is is more appropriate than somebody who is, uh, for instance, in pre-adolescence or, or a teenager. They're, they're really not going to appreciate that as much. So I think that's the first thing to think about. Um, the second thing, though, I think in general to think about is um, you want to um, step up enough so that you are just, Think of, I, I think about it as like the parents are like an invisible hand behind the scenes more than a helicopter. So you shape the situation or coach your child in a way to really set them up for success, and then you back off. So it's not like you're doing nothing, but on the other hand, you're letting them take, you're setting them up well, you're scaffolding them, but then you're letting them take those final steps on their own. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like you don't want to be the one to make all the decisions for them because there are consequences, right, too, if parents do end up fighting, you know, all their children's battles. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think, you know, you, you want the children to learn to take care of some of the problems by themselves. You want them to learn the independence and the self-sufficiency um, to be able to do that instead of just waiting for an adult or their parents to step in. But I think the tricky thing is setting the kids up such that they're at the point where they're ready to take that step, um, as opposed to uh, as opposed to just letting them just just pushing them out of the nest and you know letting them you know, letting them fly on their own before they know how to fly at all. Mm-hmm. And another issue, Dr. Mikami, which I really want to get your thoughts on, is bullying in schools. It's an issue that we obviously are still dealing with, and I want to talk especially from you know an educator and a teacher's point of view. How have schools kind of changed in addressing this issue? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is, um, well, uh, every school's different, but I think um, one thing I've been very impressed about is that in BC in general, I think it's um, one of the places where schools and educators are really kind of at the forefront of having this in their thoughts um, nationally. So it has been it has been very impressive to me, especially here in the Lower Mainland. Um, I do think that there's a lot of awareness about it, but it doesn't mean that teachers always know what to do about it, especially because there's only one teacher and so many students, so it's impossible for teachers to to see everything, but I think teachers today are thinking a lot about social, whole class, social, emotional learning curricula, 
and how you set classroom charters and ground rules and inclusive climates that hopefully will help prevent bullying um, in their classroom. So, uh, Dr. Mikami, you know, when you start a new school year, you all you always have a new first. So, children going into kindergarten or from kindergarten, children moving to elementary school or from elementary to high school. And then you have the new immigrants who are coming in into the new social, uh, into the new school system. So, what are the tools parents can give their children to navigate this new environment, to create new social interactions, new connections? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it it's definitely can be an exciting time um, and also a challenging time um, because, because definitely, as you mentioned, it's, um, children need to adapt to, to new social situations, including often new teachers. So, um, yeah, I think that some things that parents can do is, uh, like I said, have a, have a talk with their child about um, what their social goals are for the year. I mean, maybe it's to make a new friend. Uh, and then talking to their child about, okay, well, you know, what do you think would help? Like, what, what do you think you need to do? Um, what does the other person need to do? Um, how can you tell when you're making a new friend? So sometimes I think it's conversations like that to identify um, what the goals are. There are some kids who will need extra help with this, um, more because perhaps because they, um, uh, they, they've had bad experiences socially in the past or um, sometimes they... They have certain psychological disorders. And so for sometimes for those kids, it can be useful for either the parent to think about talking to the teacher, too, about the teacher's observations or what the teacher could do to maybe give some extra support socially for the child. Um, and then, or, or alternatively, could also think about um, consulting a professional. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that has changed so much these last couple of years, it's been a long time since I've been in school, but social media, right? I mean, that's a topic that is so big. And especially, I think, for educators as well, and even parents, I mean, how do you approach the topic of social media? And specifically, I'm talking like the age group of teenagers, of course, because mm-hmm. that is when there is the most use. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, uh, social media is here to stay. I think, unfortunately, and then especially in the the teenage years, um, parents are you know kind of in a conundrum, which is that the more if they try to forbid their teen from using any social media at all, um, many teens will find a way to do it anyway. Um, so, so I think uh, what I yeah what I would encourage parents to do is to just try to stay involved with their teen and um, keep the lines of communication open know what their teen is doing on social media, understand social media themselves. For some parents, this might mean um, creating an account and being friends with their teen. It's not going to solve all the problems because you know, teens can always get around anything that they want to, but um, it, sh- you know, it shows interest and it helps them keep the lines of communication open. Um, I think sometimes it's parents being open to the idea that there, are, there can be positives and negatives about social media. Um, it's not all good or all bad. And to be asking their teen about, you know, what their, how their teen views it and the positives and negatives that the teen sees in social media. And do you find, Dr. McCammy, that we all tend to kind of focus on the negative aspect of social media because it's always like, oh, think of the children. What impact is this going to have on their mindset? Is approach everything? Yeah, I do think that there, there's, um, there's been a lot of negative press for social media, or I think it's sometimes very easy to just think of it as, as all negative. But... Um, you know, my research and research of others ha- has uh, suggests that it's not all negative. It's it's not all positive either. It's just it's just different. 
So for yeah, so for parents and teens to just be aware of the ways that it's different um, could be useful. Like so, so for one example is that um, interactions can just stay can stay visible for a very theoretically forever on somebody's timeline or page, um, and it can be present for hundreds, if not thousands of observing peers or friends. So if you're having positive social interactions or you've got, like, you have good memories, um, then that can actually be uh, a mood boost because you're reminded of this. It's a way to bring other people into sharing the positive things that are happening for you. Um, or even if you have some negative things to get social support, if you have a large social supportive friend group. But on the contrast, uh, you can imagine how things like cyberbullying can really be very damaging and take off very quickly because of the public nature of it and the permanence. Dr. Mikami, I want to thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there any final few tips that you have for parents in getting through the school year? <laughs> Just, um, you know, be, be kind to yourself and your kids. Uh, every, yeah, every day is something new. Everybody's dealing with Everybody, there's, there's challenges, there's new challenges every day, and um, progress is not linear. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you.